The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, today we're going to be in Proverbs again, and and, and it, we're going to take another one of these times where in, you know where we kind of we've been in Proverbs 20, but we're going to use a verse from there or, or several verses from there to Proverbs 20, to Proverbs 30, and we're going to look at another topic, a topic that is repeated uh, multiple times between chapter 20 and chapter 29. And frankly, honestly, if we went back to the last 19 chapters, we'd see it repeated there as well. And so I want to look at these from a topical point of view as less um, section by section and simply because um, for me to go verse by verse or section by section for the next 10 chapters, I would do this type of devotional multiple times. And so I thought of it every once in a while as we do this, taking just the topic and dealing with it. So I've, I've entitled today's topic, devotional, I've entitled this, I Deserve This. I deserve this. Now, let me tell you, uh, we mentioned this when we did our series for, we did a five-week series in our morning service we entitled Counterculture Christians. And the premise was not against going against culture just for the purpose, but to understand that the more uh, we follow God's word, the more distinct we are in the scripture in our living, we will by nature become counterculture. Uh, the culture will look at us and they will say there's something different and distinct. And this is exactly one of those passages that deals with this. Um, most people would just talk about this as today is kind of a laziness that develops into a poor work ethic, which develops into people struggling um, financially and things of that nature. Uh, but I want us to look, I'm going to introduce my thought, uh, why I used I deserve this as the title uh, before I get into the passages. In today's day, there is what many call this idea of an entitlement mentality. And it simply says, because I'm alive, I deserve this. Now, I understand that my phrasing of that is much more simplistic than it really is. There's a lot more behind it. Uh, and I'm not, and I, I'm talking more specifically about all generations from all different backgrounds growing up that get this idea that somehow at their age now, whether, you know, our teens all the way up to I mean, mid-20s, early 30s, or whatever be, that simply because we're alive, we deserve, we deserve to get paid X amount of money. We deserve to get this kind of car and this kind of house, and we just deserve this because, well, we're here. We deserve someone else should pay off our college bill, and someone else should do this for us. And it's not even that we've done anything to earn it. We just feel like well, I'm alive and I breathe and someone else should pay me for this. When I first graduated college, one of the criticisms that were also lev- often levied at our generation, remember I'm from the generation X, and I, and I think there's truth behind this. And this, this criticism was levied under the idea that very often our generation left homes where parents, when they first got married, sacrificed, didn't have a lot. And now by the time that kid leaves home at 18 or 19 years or 20 years old, or hopefully, you know, maybe not 40 years old, but left when they were older, their, their parents had acquired over years nice furniture and a nice house and a nicer car. And, and so they, by the time they left home, they were used to money, many of those comforts and they didn't want to start over like their parents did. So my generation was notorious for grabbing credit cards and finding themselves massive in debt within the first two to three years of being out of the home simply for the purpose of acquiring the same comforts they grew up with. And many of them found themselves financially unable to finish college or even just to live. Um, And it was just, they're talking the average debt of my generation within five years, five to eight years after leaving home was up to upwards of $30,000. That's not college loans, that's personal debt. 
Um, and, and, and so, but it was just this desire to have everything. Now today we don't, we don't just go in debt. The new thinking that culture shoving to this current generation coming up is not just putting a credit card and enjoy it. The new thinking is, well, I'm 22. I am at this point in my life and someone else needs to give me everything. And let me tell you that, uh, I hope we understand that's not a biblical premise. And so let me tell you, let's look at the scripture and find out what Solomon told his son in Proverbs that we need for today, that God has inspired in his word for us to know that is so, again, counterculture to the thinking of the world. So when we under this idea, I said, well, we deserve this, that wrong thinking, I've put three thoughts that come from basically in 10 chapters that I have bounced around and found 10 the different thoughts reading through these 10 chapters under this idea. Really, the kind of, the first one sums it all up. It's a warning to the slothful. Uh, the term slothful was a term used in scripture often. It obviously talks about the sloth, the lazy, slow animal. Um, and that's the premise. The premise is he uses is somebody who is, is lazy, someone who's unwilling to work. Now, let me explain something. There's a difference between someone unable to work and someone unwilling to work. I, I reference people in this scenario as those who have the ability to work. They have the physical ability to work. They've been offered a job to work. For whatever reason, they won't work. Some say, well, I'm not going to go work at Walmart. Or I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. And what happens is they'd rather sit home and let someone else pay their way than to go do a job they believe is under them. And I think we lost the point where before I can be where my parents are now, I need to be willing to work under. I need to be willing to serve at a restaurant or at a store where I'm helping other people. I need to learn these traits. So the first one is the warning to the slothful. And there was two things. First of all, I'm going to go to Proverbs 24, verse 30, where, where Solomon gives kind of the end. He tells the son, this is what I've seen from my experience. Let me tell you what happens to those who are lazy and refusing to work. In Proverbs 24, verse 30, he said, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was grown over with thorns and nestles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. And here was his instruction. He says, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Literally what he's saying is, I walked by a vineyard, and I saw someone owned this and had great opportunity to make wealth and to take care of themselves, but they've just chosen to completely do nothing with this vineyard so it overgrown. And even the wall surrounding it had been torn down, and he says, I looked at this and I got great lessons, and simply this, I'd rather sleep and I'd rather not work. This is the end. I find myself in want. I find myself unable to, to do anything, to pay for anything. Um, so here's what he says. He says, this is the end of that person. And I wrote down here, uh, I've put down three verses that I believe are the excuses. People today, and not just say this has been through culture from the day Proverbs, Solomon wrote this to today, it's still true because, you know, there's no new thing under the sun. Man's mindset hasn't changed. It presents itself differently, but our mindset, naturally selfish, doesn't change. Proverbs 20, verse 4, it says, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Literally, it says, he refuses to plow and prepare his fields because he thinks it's too cold. Therefore, when harvest comes and he should be making money, he will have to beg because he won't have money. It's not that he didn't have the opportunity. It's that he refused to do the work. He refused to do it. And his excuse was, it's too cold. 
I walked out this morning. I'm telling you, buddy, it was a little chilly. I'm glad I didn't have to scrape my windshield, but it was chilly. And that was my thought when I came in. I'm like, you know, you can look at all these reasons. The first one, it was just too cold to go outside. Proverbs 20, verse 13 says, Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. The other one's, I'm tired. I don't want to get out of bed. And that excuse is a reason, well, I need my sleep, I need this. Well, yeah, we need, you know, the scientists say a good eight hours of sleep is necessary. Fourteen's probably excessive. Getting up and going to work is very necessary. Verse, chapter 22, verse 13 says, The slothful man saith, There is a lion without, I shall be slain in the streets. You know what he's saying? He will find some excuse. There's no lion without. It's simply saying there are too many obstacles for me to be able to pay my bill. Too many. You know, I know I've been given a job, but I know I've been given this opportunity, but and, and, and some ideas that I've heard throughout the years. I know I have a job, but my manager's mean to me, or the customers are mean to me, or this or that or this or that. And, and we find that if things don't line up perfectly for us, man, I just can't do this. Now, if you're my age and older, you're probably looking at kids and saying, I know I've heard this. I know what you're talking about. And it's frustrating. It is frustrating because the opportunities are there. And too many in our culture are screaming that those who are working got to pay their way. Not because they need help. They just don't want to work. And they have all these excuses for it. And let me encourage you to those. This is, this is, this is not my opinion. This is what God has told us. You want to be able to make money and you're physically able, go make money. There are ways to do it. Take care of yourself. Go out and find a way to do this. There's also the mindset of the slothful we found in Proverbs 21, verse 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteous, but of everyone that is hasty, only to want. So the thoughts, the thinking, the mindset of, now catch this, the diligent. They're always finding ways to make money. They're always finding ways to take care of themselves. They say, listen, I want this in my life, and now here are the steps to get this. It's not how many people can I beg. I saw something. I don't remember where I saw it. I was going through Facebook, and somebody had shared something. I don't think I even knew the person doing this. And somebody had stated, um, I think... I think it was something along the ideas that they wanted a Disney Plus account or they wanted to purchase something simplistic. I think it was like $200. And so they started a GoFundMe page so that people could, they could raise the funds from people on Facebook to pay for their Disney Plus account for the year, hundred and some dollars. And I looked down, like started a GoFundMe page for 150, 120 or whatever it was. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, get a job, pay for it. Um, another one came up, hey, Disney Plus is great. How, who, whose account can I use? I'm thinking, I pay for mine. You can pay for yours. And that's the thinking. The thinking of the diligent is, I want this. I can go earn it. The thinking of the slothful is, no, I, I don't want to do this. And it's, I end up with want. In verse, uh, chapter 21, verse 17, he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. Simply put this, when I am more concerned about having fun than I am about earning money, then I'm going to be poor. Because I'm going to do, because enjoying life, entertainment requires income. To go to the movies, to watch a movie at home, to have Netflix, to have Disney Plus, to have the things in your life that bring entertainment that have become somewhat of an important thing. Cable TV and all these different things that are entertaining. To be able to go into the city and do something or, or go bowling. All of these things require money. And, the, and that's great. But if those things are more important than working, at some point you won't have the funds. And no, it's not someone else's job to pay for them. I work. 
And I should, you know, I should be going to work and do it. I teach my kids this. We were talking about this the other day as we're raking leaves. Uh, we're like, hey, this is a great time to make money. You know, when it snows, the one advantage to snowing is go down the street. Can I shovel someone's sidewalk for 10 bucks or 20 bucks? What can I do? Um, these are all, this is the thought. How can I find opportunities? I want something. What can I do to obtain this? That's the thinking, the mindset of those who are successful. There's also, I'm going to finish with a proper mindset. We think about this, this, this entitlement mentality where everything should be handed to me. Uh, can I encourage you? There's a mindset that, that God gave us in Scripture, and I could literally go through all through Scripture and give us a lot more. I have, I think, four verses here that I've written down for three thoughts, and, and this could be referenced with a lot more Scripture. But the first good mindset that is needed in, in this world today that is counterculture that has to do with success and good work ethic, it starts with discipline. <laughs> it's not a word that we like today. If you want to be physically fit, discipline. If you want to be healthy, discipline. If you want to be successful in your career, discipline. He that hath no rule over his own spirit, Proverbs 25, 28, sorry. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. If I'm not going to discipline myself, I'm like a city that's broken down. I have no defense, I have no walls, and kind of, I have no control over my life, and my life will fall apart. I must learn discipline. It means I go to bed at the right time. I get up at the right time. I do these things I'm supposed to. Um, I don't want to put on 100 pounds. Well, then I choose not to eat certain things or I choose not to eat late at night. I discipline myself to say no to me. The Apostle Paul put it this way. I keep my body under subjection. I choose what my body will do and will not do. I won't let the temptations of my life and the desires of my life be the thing to drive me. I'll tell you, there's times at 10 o'clock at night, ice cream sounds wonderful. But i tell you, number one, it's not going to help me sleep. It's not going to help my system, and it's going to put weight on, and that's my choice. So if I don't want to have to go buy new clothes so I can fit in them, I choose at 10 o'clock to say no to ice cream. I had a doctor tell me this, listen, you don't want this issue? Stop eating two hours before you go to bed. That's kind of it's kind of crazy. You gotta calculate. It's discipline. And that is one of the great tools God's taught us about. There's also not only discipline, another mindset is a good work ethic. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. He he's not gonna stand against people on his case. He's not gonna stand in front of managers yelling at him or bosses mad at him. He the a man diligent in his business, he'll stand before kings. He will be respected. Because he's not finding an excuse to not do work. He's accomplishing it in the midst of it. And telling you, in the middle of a pandemic, you have to find, you can find a thousand excuses not to work or opportunities to excel. And that's what we have to look at. And so somebody who's diligent will be put in front of good men, not, criticized, not, not looked at, frustrated by their authorities. Uh, Proverbs 24, 27, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field, and afterwards build thine house. He simply says, prepare yourself to ha financially and food before your comfort. Before worrying about building a house and preparing all that, take care of the financial needs first. You know, if I want a house, I earn the money to be able to do it. I put aside money. I discipline myself. I say no to Starbucks every day. You know, maybe I do Starbucks once a week or once a month instead of every day. Frankly, I don't know how people can afford Starbucks once a week. I don't have cable for the next, you know, a few months. I choose to discipline myself to prepare for the future. Uh, I'm also generous. Proverbs 28, 27. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack. He that hideth his eyes 
shall have many a curse. You know, there are, we have to be wise in where we give our money, but when we have opportunity and God lays it upon our heart, we should take advantage of the opportunity in front of us to wisely give to those who are legitimately in need. Now, you know, not to people who are going to take it. I, I don't like to give money to someone that I believe going to take it and buy alcohol or things of that nature. And so I have some steps and people say, hey, I need some gas in my car. I'll meet me at the gas station. And I've had a couple do that. I put gas in their car and give them food. When I say, hey, need gas, I meet, meet you at the gas station. No, 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 just give me the money. Yeah, they probably don't need gas, especially when they walk up without a car. Uh, but my point is, when we have the opportunity, take advantage of it. We're so quick and understandably to be nervous about giving that sometimes we miss the opportunity right in front of us to give. And I encourage us that we're generous. We're generous what we've been given, generous to God, generous to, uh, to things that are eternal, and then generous to the poor, as we read right there, taking advantage of what we have to use it. God's already promised to take care of us. I'm going to tell you, definitely when you look at these verses as I evaluated them, and I'm telling you, over the last 20 chapters, we've seen these kind of verses pop up several times. It's not one of those you'd leave a devotional say, man, that was encouraging today. Man, I was having a hard day and man, pastor used that devotional to lift me up. And now nah, he talked about a hard work ethic. Now, for most of us who are watching, maybe taking a break at work, you appreciate this because you understand these truths to be real. To those who say, well, I, I want this, but let me tell you, I know there's some people legitimately in this scenario watching or listening, you don't have a physical ability, great. Don't make an excuse not to work. Ask, what can I do? And then start out. Do what you can now. Don't wait for the big thing. Do what you can now. And then God will open the next door to you.